Hello, good morning everyone. G'day, g'day. My name is Kath. I'm part of the staff team here at KXC. If I haven't met you before, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. There's a lot of beautiful faces, some very familiar, some not so familiar. You're all welcome and hello to you if you're watching on the live stream. So today we are in a series, you may not realise, we're in a series called The House of God. We've got a gorgeous graphic up here, isn't it beautiful, colourful, um, and and it's called the House of God. As we start this new chapter, you may not be aware if you're visiting or new today that this building is very new to us. We're a church that has never owned our own church building. This is called King's House. This is the King's House. Yes, let's do a woohoo. Yeah. We love it. We're making ourselves at home here, getting used to the fact that we have a permanent home here. Um, and at the start of this new season, we're really wanting to dig in to what we sense God prophetically calling us to be as a church community in this place, in this area. And I just want to say this really feels like a reset moment in our community. Um, probably across the church at the moment, there's been so much reshuffling, so much change, so many new faces. And so um, we are building, we are rebuilding. Yes, we've been on a journey. We were planted 12 years ago as a church, but this really feels almost like a replanting moment. And if you've decided to call KXC your home, even if you've been part of this place for a long time, this rebuilding is going to require something of you. So just um, a heads up or a flag, I'm going to do some real talk today, some real family talk. Are you up for that? Good, good. And if you're visiting here or you're not sure about this or new to faith, just let it wash over you. But we're going to have some real talk. What's the point of doing fake talk? All right, so... Oh, yeah, woo. I'm loving the interaction. Last week, Damalola and Emma um, started us off with this call that we have to be a house, a people of prayer and presence. And that was a beautiful talk. Um, it was a beautiful service. So if you missed that, do go back online on YouTube and watch it back. Um, and that was all about needing to prioritize prayer and worship in this season which is what we've just been doing. And today we are going to be talking about the call on us to be a house of hospitality and healing. And I'm not sure what comes to mind when you hear the word hospitality. Um, it might be like a great party that you went to. It might be being invited for a lovely home-cooked meal. It might be the hospitality industry. I don't know. For me, it's my mum always making an extra bowl of spaghetti for the the person that was always at our house. As teenagers, we always had an extra body in the house and she just scooped them on in into our family. Or it was, it's the times that I've sat in a friend's living rooms for hours on end with cups of tea and just been able to cry and pour out my heart to them and they've just listened. They've just listened. Or it's when I was new to this country, didn't know anyone and really kind people let me stay on their couches and in their spare rooms while I found my feet. And you might be sitting here going, yeah, I've had beautiful moments of welcome and hospitality in my life that have impacted me. Or you might be sitting there feeling pain hearing that because that's not something you've experienced much of. I want to bring up my, our first slide. Thanks, Tega. 
The word for hospitality in the New Testament is a Greek word called philoxenia. I may be saying that wrong. If you're a Greek um, academic in some way, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) This is the word used for hospitality and it means literally the love and welcome of the stranger. The welcome of all as a guest in your home. And biblical hospitality is expressing the welcome of God to all through tangible acts of service for food, shelter and relationship. And hospitality is at the heart of the gospel. It is inextricably linked to healing because the story of God is all about his great hospitality towards us, his welcome of us, his bringing us back home in Jesus. We get to come home to him, to be reconciled to him, to be made whole when we, as we commune with him. And this is something we have all received if we call ourselves believers in Jesus, followers of him. It's because of his lavish welcome and love that is poured out, undeserved, poured out and poured out to us that we are compelled to embody this practically by showing practical hospitality to others. Hospitality is not just an act. It's not just an event. It's not just a service or a meal. It is a posture of our hearts. It's a posture of our hearts. John Mark Comer, if you ever want to hear a good, another good talk on hospitality, check out his talk. I've stolen a few points. Thanks, JMC. He says, hospitality is a way of life and a state of the heart that happens when you are surrendered to the spirit of Jesus. It is not an event. It is a lifestyle. It doesn't just benefit you and your friends. It benefits the poor and the marginalized, those who are unlike you and those who need to know Jesus. Let's let that sink in. Part of our vision at KXC, if you're new to this place, you may not have heard this, but part of our vision is to be a place that is safe enough to heal as well as dangerous enough to grow. And safety comes when we are unconditionally loved. When we feel at home, when we feel part of a family, known and seen and held. And it is in the context of this kind of love that we find healing for where we have pain. And it's in this kind of context that I've personally found the most emotionally, emotional healing for my wounds. It's through being practically loved and hosted and held by the community of Jesus when I've been full of doubt, full of anger, full of pain, when I felt far from him. And when KXC started as a church 12 years ago, there was a guy called Paul Sorry who was on our um, staff team at the time, and he had a prophetic picture of what our church was called to be, and it was of a red carpet, you know, like a Hollywood red carpet being rolled out from the front door, and anyone and everyone being invited in to come through the doors, anyone from any background of life 
being able to be welcomed in, to find belonging, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, to find home and belonging in Jesus in this place. And if you came to the party the other week, we had a celebration party. Just give me a little hands up who was there. I know I saw a few people on the dance floor. Well done. You may have seen we had a red carpet. We had like a physical symbol of that prophetic word coming from the bottom of the stairs out the door. That's what that's about. That was a prophetic symbol of who we're called to be. We are in a moment where as a church we are being called back to these early prophetic words and pictures over us. The red carpet hospitality and creating safety for people to find healing in this place. And I actually have this urgency in the spirit at the moment, in this reset moment, um, an urgency to call us to step back into this together. And I feel that this is an area where God wants to move in our hearts today. I think um, he wants to move in all our hearts today in this area so that we can become this house of welcome and home and healing. This is going to be a move of the Spirit. I can give the best sermon in the world and give you lots of practical ways you can show hospitality, but if the Spirit isn't in it, nothing's going to change. And I think this is an area of pain for people, so let's ask the Holy Spirit to come and change our hearts. And I'm going to, this is a bit odd, but I'm going to ask us to pray right now. So if you're with me, why don't you just lay a hand on your heart. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Stir up what you want to stir up. Show us what you want to show us. We want you, Jesus. We want all that your Spirit wants for this church, who you're calling us to be. Help us to pay attention we open our hearts to you. Amen. So today we're briefly going to look at two things. What is hospitality like in the kingdom of God? We're going to look at Jesus and the early church. And then the second thing we're going to look at is what does this practically mean at KXC? What are we being called into? And that's where I'm going to do the real talk. I'll probably do the real talk all the way through. Um, all right, let's have a look at Jesus and hospitality. So we're going to open the scripture in a minute. So if you get got your Bibles, get them ready, get them ready, all your phones. Um, but when we read through the Gospels, and if you're new to faith, if you're new to Jesus, just exploring, why don't you start with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's a great place to start. Um, Jesus is the most captivating person um, so when we read through the Gospels, we see that Jesus actually loved people into the kingdom one meal at a time. Hospitality is the way that he chose to meet people in their point of pain with his love. And that call is on us too. Jesus was known as the friend of sinners because of who he ate with. He was criticized as religious leaders. He was known as the glutton and the drunkard. This is our Lord, guys. This is who we follow. He was known as the, the glutton and the drunkard because he spent so much time at parties and meals with the wrong sort of people. When he wasn't teaching in the synagogue, he was either coming from a meal or going to a meal and scandalizing everyone in the process. 
Don't we love Jesus? Yeah, I do. We're going to look at the story about Zacchaeus, the tax collector. You may or may not be familiar with this. We're going to get the next slide up. Thank you, Tega. She's doing an amazing job over there. All right. So if you've got your Bibles, you can read along as well. Start, it's Luke 19, um, starting at verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at him and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. Don't you love the word mutter? He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Mutter, mutter. But Zacchaeus stood up. And I think this is at the meal at this point. He stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So a bit of context here. You may have picked up that meals meant a bit more in the first century Jewish society than they do today. To share a table with someone at the time was incredibly significant. It was known in that culture as table fellowship and it was incredibly significant. So being at a table with someone was symbolic of friendship, of intimacy, of trust, of family of unity. So if people were estranged, a meal invitation would say, I want to be reconciled to you. It was a very significant thing. It was seen as fellowship before God, saying that we we all share in the blessing of God together. We are one together. So let's think about in that context, a rabbi would never have table fellowship with a sinner The inclusion of sinners was what Jesus was known for, and it was scandalous. It was scandalous. At that time, let's focus on Zacchaeus. You may already know a bit about him if you've read this story before. He was absolutely despised by the Jewish people, and rightly so. He was participating in their oppression. He was betraying his own people and earning money off the back of it by... by, He was basically sold out to Rome. He was collecting taxes on behalf of the oppressors and then taking more for himself in a people that were already oppressed and struggling with so much poverty. So you can imagine just the pain that people, even just seeing him would have brought pain and offence to people. And it is him that Jesus said, you, I want you, I'm going to honour you. And in that moment, by doing that, by calling him to be around the table, this offensive person, do you see what happens? He repents 
It's Jesus' kindness, that grace that leads him to a total heart turnaround. And he says, you know what? I'm going to pay back everything I owe. I'm going to change my life because of this grace that I've received. He's reconciled to God and to his people in that moment. And that is healing. That is salvation. John Mark Comer said again, mealtimes were not just an analogy for the kingdom, for Jesus. They were actually how Jesus brought the kingdom. Hospitality isn't just like a nice thing that we get to do either. It is actually how we will bring the kingdom, guys. It's how we get to show what's possible, to show who God is, to bring people to salvation. The kingdom literally broke out over meals. And hospitality was not just a trademark of Jesus, but also of the early church. It was actually a non-negotiable for for spirit-filled believers in Jesus. It was a non-negotiable. Everyone practiced hospitality, both within the community of believers and towards strangers. So why don't we look at the book of Acts now? can turn over to Acts 2 and we'll get the next slide up. That's the one. So we've got Acts 2 in verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Just pause there. Challenged? I'm challenged. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. He added to their number daily. Then in Acts 4, verse 33, it says, With great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from the time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to everyone who had need. Whew, okay, bit of a conflict there. I'm feeling it. A sign of the Spirit's power at work in our community, guys, is there being no neediness among us, no need among us. This community, because they were so surrendered to Jesus, they stopped living for themselves. Everything they had was his. Everything they had was given to others. It was no longer about them. And this was in response to the love of God revealed by the Holy Spirit. Do you want to know what revival will look look like? I know Pete talks about it will be a sound, it will be a roar, but it will be this. When we see people selling their homes so that other people in the community can have a home, We'll know that revival is breaking out when that stuff starts to happen. And I'm not saying that there's not that starting to stir in us and that there is not acts of generosity already here. But this is radical. This is radical. This is like nothing I have is my own. In response to your lavish, lavish love, here, God, you're in need, here you go. You're in need, here you go. This is crazy stuff. It's bonkers. 
this is actually bonkers. Um, let's just ha go through, have a little whistle top, stop, whistle top, um, little whiz, not a whiz, a whiz through, through the New Testament to just look a bit more at what hospitality is like. Um, next slide, thanks, Tega. So, in the New Testament, we are commanded, or the church is commanded in Romans 12, verse 13, commanded to practice hospitality. And practice um, means to do things with intense effort or to do it eagerly. And I like this because it just shows us, yeah, it doesn't always come naturally. We need to focus on it. We need to do it intentionally. It does, it's not just always going to flow out of us. Um, and to do it eagerly. To do it without grumbling to, or resentment. I really like that. I have so much resentment that comes up with me. I can sound great. You're like, oh, Kath, you must be great at hospitality. I can do it. But the minute I'm like, oh, no one else is doing this. Oh, I'm the only one that does, that loves people. Oh. And, you know, we've all got that in us. We've all got that in us. We become like this, like, victim of like, oh, you know. And it just is very revealing of our hearts looking at this. I find it encouraging that people had resentment back then, that they all didn't always have the best attitude. But we're called to do it joyfully. Again, in the way that God just joyfully, he lavishes love on us. It's not it's not about what other people are doing. It's about a response of like, oh my gosh, your love just keeps on coming. Yep, here you go. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Anyone who's quite old will know what I did there. Yeah. Red hot chili peppers. All right. Hospitality, if you look through the New Testament, prioritizes the poor, the stranger, and the marginalized we cannot say this enough. This is who we always prioritize. Hospitality blurs the line between the host and the guest. This is what Jesus did. Do you know, he didn't actually have his own home. He invited himself to other people's homes quite a lot. And I love that. And he, it, he demonstrated a constant like blurring between the lines because as the host, you can be the important one with power like, oh, I have things. I'm giving them to you, the one in need. Jesus just blurred those lines and he laid down power. And in fact, in John 13, there's this powerful moment when he washes his disciples' feet like the lowest servant would do and say, do this for each other. Our Lord knelt down and washed our feet. Hospitality crosses all boundaries, all boundaries. So again, just back to Zacchaeus. Let's have a think about who would be the most offensive person if Jesus walked among us. Who would be the most offensive person to you today for him to be like, I want you. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to honour you. It's not a tax collector these days, but who would it be? Who is that person? There is no boundary to his love. It crosses socioeconomic boundaries, age boundaries, racial boundaries. We're not just to invite our buddies or those who look like us and sound like us around our table. Not just the people that make you feel comfortable. 
not just the people that aren't going to create awkward moments or maybe aren't going to have different political views or just a bit weird. We all know those people that you're like, oh, we do, we do. I just want to. I just want to flag. You know, in in 2020, we started these conversations on race, and that was just the beginning, guys. We need more diversity. We need more diversity. There's a lot more work we need to do as a church in this. Please have grace for us, as white leaders up here. We know there's a long way to go, but this these conversations happen around a table as we listen to each other. Um, people of colour in this community, we know we've got a long way to go. We need to listen more. And it's in proximity that we do that to anyone that is not like us, that we don't understand that experience. So it's around that table that we hear, that we, un- we learn, we understand, we we ask for forgiveness, we extend forgiveness, we are reconciled. It is a table of reconciliation that Jesus invites us into. This is who he is. This is going to be a foretaste of heaven, to have diverse tables, to have groups of friends that people are like, oh my gosh, how are those people even together? How are those friends? Groups of people that people take notice because back in Acts, what happens when that we, we've got these groups of people where this lavish generosity and reconciliation, people take notice and people get saved. People come into the kingdom. It's going to be like freshly baked bread. It's going it to smell so good that people can't help but be drawn in like, what? I've never seen that before. That's not just a social club where everyone looks the same and dresses the same and has a nice happy clappy time at church. That is a radical community where they actually love. They're giving away stuff to each other. So hospitality, the final one, is an act of service, inclusion and generosity. We give and expect nothing in return. We give and expect nothing in return. That's a challenge. We do it unconditionally, not with an agenda, not to make the right friends or just meet our own needs, not to get in with in people, whoever they may be. I just want to say entitlement, a sense of entitlement is incompatible with kingdom hospitality. I've got it in me. If you're in the West, if, if, if you've grown up in the Western culture, you've got it in you. It's about me, 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 getting my needs met. I'm entitled to this. That is incompatible. We need the Holy Spirit to surgically remove that thing from our hearts. It's going to get in the way. It's going to get in the way of what the Lord wants to do in this area. Let's get up the next slide. It's from Luke 14. Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbours. If you do, they may invite you back and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. 
This is the story we're being called into, KXC. This is what we're being called into. So let's have a look now, KXC, what does this actually look like on the ground? So, I'm going to have the next slide. Don't come to church for yourself. Don't come to church for yourself. If you've come to a newcomer's meal, this is called the newcomer's meal pep talk, which is when you walk into this building, you're going to come with a whole lot of need. And especially if you're new to London or, or just actually you might have been here for ages, but you will feel insecure. And you will look around and go, everyone else has got friends here. There is some kind of in crowd. I'm not in the in crowd. I'm going to wait for someone to welcome me. Um, therein, I'm out. And I just want to call that out as a big fat lie, a big porky pie. Everyone feels insecure. Yes, Lydia. <laughs> Everyone feels insecure. Everyone does feel insecure. People that have been here for 10 years, people that have just walked through the door, we all have legitimate need and longing to be known, longing for community, and it hurts. But if we all come just waiting for someone to fill my need, I'm just at church to get my needs met, it's not going to work. We're going to just probably get angry, probably are going to get resentful. We're going to let you down, guys. We're going to let each other down, guys. But if we come to church for other people, for first of all, to worship the King of Kings, but and as part of that worship for other people, how can I meet others' needs? How can I find someone that looks more insecure than me and go aggressively welcome them in the way that I would want to be welcomed? That is a good start. That is a good start. And I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert. This might be really awkward for you. This is an invitation, guys. It's not a condemnation. It's not a judgment. It's not going to change if we keep coming to church for ourselves. Thank you, Lydia Decas, if that's you. I think it was. It was who? Thank you, Iona Ledwidge. Anyone else wants some acknowledgement in the room right now? <laughs> I see you, and I see you. Uh, okay, the next thing is, okay, more real talk. Open yourself up. And I mean, open yourself upwards and outwards. And I just want to talk about the moment that we find ourselves in post-COVID. And I know COVID's still with us, but we've got to acknowledge the impact that two years of being told, stay away from people, stay away from people, don't touch, don't touch, stay away, stay away, no, 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 no. And now it's like, oh, yes, we're back. That's had a significant impact, guys, on our on our culture and our posture. Our posture, and I'm talking about me, has become closed, closed in. I would call it like a survival posture and it's been painful, hasn't it? It's been unnatural to have all of this distance between us and there's been real reason for that. But the enemy has had a bit of a field day there. Whatever we think, you know, safety was needed. But this has had an impact on us and we need to change our posture to be upward, to be open to him and to each other. We need to recognize where we've got that in us and actually what our pain and isolation has done has caused us to turn in on ourselves and be even more hyper aware of just my world, my needs, my pain and Jesus knows your pain. It is valid 
bring it to him. But we can't, again, just come to church just looking at ourselves, looking down, looking in. We need to look up, out, over there. Let's see what the Lord does when even when we're in pain, in our point of pain and need, we go and generously offer to someone even in the area of need that we have. That's costly, isn't it? But let's see what the Spirit releases as we do that. I want to also say in London and at KXC, choosing to practice hospitality is a major act of spiritual warfare. Those acts of hospitality is warfare. Going up to someone who is in, you know, looks lonely or alone or even have an awkward conversation, inviting them, praying for them, encouraging them, just reaching out, forming connection is warfare because the spirit that is working at work in this city is the opposite. It is a spirit of isolation. It is a lie that says you can never be at home here. You just move on through. You're never going to feel at home. You're never going to be safe or known here. You're never going to find family. Don't put down roots. You never put down roots in London. You can't be at home here. Never go deep don't, don't even bother trying to find intimacy here. So we protect ourselves. We stay on the surface. Again, we go into that protective mode. I'm not going to open myself up. It's too risky. I'm just calling this stuff out as big fat lies of the enemy. We can know home here. We can put roots down here. For those that feel called to London, I want to say, yes, I feel called to London. Let's go against this tide, this spiritual tide that says, those lies to us. Yes. <laughs> Let's do that because it is an act of warfare. There will be pushback on that. I know it's a fight to even find home, to afford to live here, to connect, to do all those things, but let's recognize that for what it is. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing in this place, and it's going to happen through a family, a home, a safe home of believers here. By offering hospitality, guys, we're getting in the flow of the Spirit. We're getting into the flow of what the Father is actually doing. So if you're aching for the love of God, if you haven't experienced His love for a while, turn outwards. Begin to love others in the way you would long to be loved. And do you know what? We get to experience the heart of the Father as we do that. We get woken up to his love for us as we love other people. And it's going to cost us something. It is going to cost us something. You know, that is, do you know that that is what it is to be a follower of Jesus? He said, if you want to come after me, take up your cross you're going to have to die to some stuff. You're going to have to spend some money. You're going to have to do awkward things that don't feel comfortable. That's what it is. But it's worth it. It is worth it. What's in your hand? Let's be creative with this stuff. What's in your hand, again, is an old phrase we've had at KXC that everyone has something to give. Everyone is unique. And you may even have creative ideas brewing right now of how we can create a home of hospitality here. It doesn't just have to be meals, guys. It can be anything, anything that God has put on your heart that will make this place a family. 
that will create that safety. When I first moved to London, didn't know many people, happened to move in with, um, with an awesome girl called Fee who used to come to KXC. And we used to just love dancing around the kitchen and being really stupid to 80s music. We saw a lot of loneliness in this place and especially among women and self-consciousness. We're like, you know what? Let's put on a night for girls called Ladies Who Lunge, dress up in ridiculous 80s gear and just dance it out, you know, with other girls. And that that's an act of spiritual warfare, I want to say. Dressing up in 80s gear and inviting people tonight. I know it sounds ridiculous, but every little thing that we do to push against this isolation um, and those lies that I mentioned... It's big stuff and you might have something in you that you've noticed a need, even a, a need in yourself. What if God's calling you to be the answer to that need? What if he's calling you in at this time to be the leader? Do you know he uses everything, even your experience of pain in the church is not wasted where you felt let down? You can operate, in, you can choose here to, to just be bitter and stay in your disappointment or you can choose to offer grace by offering that to other people that you long for for yourself. Okay, let's talk about practical Sunday opportunities. We can't do a sermon like this without talking about being on a serve team on a Sunday. And again, guys, this is not just a tick, tick box exercise. There is real need among us at the moment. And again, I think because we're tired and we've had that closed posture and, oh, I'm just going to have rest for a while, um, we actually have some real gaps at the moment, even on a Sunday, to be able to make this place home. So I'm just going to list off a few. Cafe team, the youth team, the kids team, setting up and packing down these chairs. It's actually quite hard work. It's quite a lot. You know, um, there are so many things. The Growing Hope team, there is something called KX Brunch that actually runs on a Sunday morning. Um, there is a beautiful community offering breakfast in a community um, for those who have struggled with homelessness. There's so many opportunities, um, but even just in this building on a Sunday. And if we've got 400 plus people coming to church every Sunday, there shouldn't actually be any gaps. They just shouldn't. We shouldn't have those needs. So again, if you're not already on a team, and again, this comes in love. This is not like a crack in the whip. But we actually have high-tech iPads right now at the welcome table downstairs that you could sign up to serve this very day. sound like a salesperson. Um, but you really could. It's as simple as that. We've got needs. Can you help us make this place a family? Can you help us? We can't do it. Can't do it as a small group of... If you're relying on the staff team and a few leaders to uh, cover this stuff, it's not going to go well, you know. A few events, it's not going to change this culture. Um, so also to know, on the 27th of March, there is going to be a night for people who want to be on, serve on teams to come and hear about the vision and values for that. So again, it's not just turning up and doing a job. What's the heart behind that? So again, go online, sign up for the night on the 27th of March. We would love people to come to that. Even before you decide what team to sign up to, come to that night or just sign up first and then go to the night. We'd love to have you. Finally, coming into land, we need to be led by the Spirit. Oh, that's not, I, I swapped those two round, guys, swapped them round. We need to be led by the Spirit in this stuff. 
to those in need. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit to notice who Jesus is highlighting. It might not be to look up a fig tree. Not many people are climbing fig trees these days, but it could just be someone next to you. It could be a neighbour, someone walking down the street. It could be someone sitting next to you right now. Well, you need to ask the Spirit, oh, Lord, is there something I can say or do to, to show your love or grace to that person, to offer hospitality? Is there anyone that you want to give me a give a prophetic word to this morning in the cafe? Who is that person, God? Who are are you putting in my path at the moment? This person keeps popping up. Should I ask them for dinner? What is it? What are you prompting of me, Lord? Have you ever given money to someone anonymously? That's kind of fun. What if we had a culture of just like, ask the Lord, God, okay, I've had my paycheck. Um, Give me an amount to give away this month to someone in our community that might have need. You might know what that need is or you might not even know. And then you get the fun thing of creating a stealth, you know, operation where you ask someone to go and, like, anonymously give a little envelope to someone. How fun is that? Imagine if that started going on. And then just the blessing that that releases, the faith that that releases, the feeling of, oh, my gosh, I'm known, I'm seen. This is the kingdom of God, guys. This is the kingdom. It's tangible acts. It's tangible acts. We're going to pray in a minute and just ask God to show you. I feel like even if I've been speaking, there have been people or things or situations coming to mind. I mean, we've been praying about the Ukraine. This might be on even a larger scale of I want to give money to this charity or organization that are helping this people group in this part of the world, refugees, whatever it is God's put on your heart. Yes, yes, yes. And then we want to be like, and God, in my immediate sphere, who is it? Because again, it is a heart posture. It's not just what. It's not just doing particular things. It's our heart surrender to King Jesus, the King of the meals and the parties. This is who we follow. This is who we follow.